The Retro Lounge is a look back into the archives of the Recruiters Lounge podcast with Jim Stroud and Karen Matinen. The Recruiters Lounge podcast posted weekly between the years of 2005 and 2010. With energy, wit, and opposite points of view, <laughs> Jim Stroud and Karen Madden discussed, debated, and squabbled like children over HR issues that affected the workplace and society overall for the benefit of all who would listen. This classic episode of the Recruiter's Lounge originally aired on December 11th, 2008. The title, Bailouts, Layoffs, and Socialism. Here's a description. In this episode, Jim is multitasking, but manages to discuss with Karen the pending bailout of the auto industry. What would happen if the government bailout did and did not happen? All of the jobs and people that would be affected and socialism? What does that have to do with anything? Tune in and find out. And you will find out what was said back then in 2008 um, after this. Do you love four-letter words? Who doesn't? And then you mix recruiting news and insights in with those four-letter words. I'm Cheese. And I'm Chad. And we are the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Tune in wherever you listen to podcasts. We We out. out. Launching an innovation in HR tech is no small feat. With all of the noise and countless vendors in the market, sometimes the most promising innovations don't get the chance they deserve to impact HR. And while early and growth stage founders are highly innovative, Most aren't experts at scaling revenue to drive growth and support their vision, which can mean the end of the road for many startups. That's where Pure ACV comes in. We've had the great fortune of working with some of the most innovative brands in HR tech for over three decades to build compelling messaging and solid scalable teams that drive growth, giving these innovations a chance to impact how HR is done. To learn more, visit us at pureacv.com. Employer brand professionals know that doing great work involves doing big, high-level strategic thinking and getting your hands dirty. That sounds like the kind of work you want to do. Come listen to the Talent Cast. It's the world's most highly caffeinated employer brand podcast. Innovative audio on demand. Hi, I'm Jim Stroud. And this is Karen Matten, and welcome to the Recruiter's Lounge. The Recruiter's Lounge is a podcast of news, interviews, and commentary on the recruiting industry. And it was designed with you in mind. So sit back, relax, and enjoy your time in the Recruiter's Lounge. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome Jim, to... uh, before you start this podcast, uh, I yes. got a question to ask you. Remember that thing you were telling me about, that thing? What thing? Uh, that we were talking about and. I was telling my friend about it. It was the one about the thing that does that thing that you were talking you about. You the thing, the thing. What are you talking what about? What are you talking about on, 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 on Starbucks, that one? When I was telling you? Yeah. My one. secret I weapon? My friend about it. Can you, can you talk about that? My secret weapon I told you not to tell anybody about? Oops. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I got it more. But come on. What is, what's that thing called? Well, yeah. if you don't tell anyone, it's called Talent Hook. Yeah. <gasps> that's the one. That's the one. That's the one. Yes, 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 yes. Talent Hook is... It's a great tool. I can search uh, 1,850 plus internet resume resources, pay boards, free boards, search engines, niche sites. Um, I can automate it. It's OFCCP uh, compliant too, isn't it? And it is OFCCP compliant. I don't tell people about Talent Hook because that's how I get my work done and I'm able to do other things, uh, like this podcast, for example. So don't tell people about Talent Hook. I'm trying to keep it to myself. Uh, okay. All right, now let's start the show. 
Hey, Jim, wait, wait, before we go on, because you know I told everybody already, so it might as well just. www.talenthook.com, T-A-L-E-N-T-H-O-K.com, Talent Hook, just like it sounds. I apologize, okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. On with the show. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is your host with the most, Jim Stroud, and with me, as always, in the lounge chair. You know her, you love her, or maybe you don't. Karen Madden, how are you? It's nice to meet today. Yeah. Yeah, look at that. I got a real oorah today. Hoorah. Hoorah. It was nice. Hoorah. That was a nice introduction. Thank you today. Yeah. Appreciate it. My heart. Just... I, need, I need to come up with a new introduction because I say that a lot. Yeah, okay. I don't think so. I kind of like that one, okay? Yeah. Here's my day for the day. I'm going to start off, here's Karen. Anyways, have you watched the news recently? I mean, of course, everybody's seen it, but... Yeah, off and on. About the bailout you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, that's this hot news topic. I've, I, I know we're going to debate this, but I listen to other people talk about it, and um, I'm sort of scratching my head because... Initially, I was sort of all over the place, and I think I sort of solidified on one position on on this. Now, no, then again, I don't. Well, let me let me tell you what I've been thinking every time I hear about it. Now, for people who don't know, and I don't, I don't imagine who would not know um, at this point, the, uh, the U.S. auto industry is in a state of panic. Um, they're going to Uncle Sam, which is our nickname for the U.S. government, and saying, "Please, Uncle Sam, give us some money. If you don't give us money and bail us out," Because we haven't made any money because the sales of our cars have been so bad. We're blaming it on soaring gas prices. We're blaming it on the economy. Um, but the bottom line is, if you don't give us money for this bailout, we're going to go under. And the the, the shock no, waves will reverberate. Make sure you mention one thing. They hmm. also all went to Uncle Sam and asked him for bailout money in their nice private chats. And they all got there and sat down and said, we got this, we know, $100 million salaries, and we've got all these fancy jets, and we've got all this great expensive you know, habits. And we went and ate these nice expensive restaurants where we got each paid about $100 for a meal. Well, don't punish them for being Bailout. successful in that regard. Oh, well, that's what the government brought up. I mean, well, this, when the government's saying, hey, you're asking us for money, and you came here in private jets, are you willing to sell your private jet? You know, he, that's what they said. Are you willing to sell your private jet? And what was and what was the the answer across well, the board? I mean, all all except for one at first said no, they weren't willing. But then they all they didn't. I don't know if they sold them. I think one of them has sold. I think one of them definitely has sold them. But the next time they came under the government, they all drove. <laughs> but that was one of the biggest issues because they did a, they did a skit on that on Saturday Night Live, didn't they? Yeah, because it's like you're asking for billion dollars. It's like AIG, you know. You're asking for all this money, and then, yeah, but you have these lavish expenses. What are you about your salaries? And they all said, look, they're all going to reduce their salary to like a dollar and stuff like that, too, right now. Chevrolet, I know Chevy said they did. Well, you know, Merrill Lynch, because I, I Twittered about this. If anybody who's into Twitter, check out my Twitter um, feed, my Twitter blog, at twitter.com slash Jim Stroud. And also catch out Karen's. Twitter blog at twitter.com slash hirecentrix. Yeah. H-I-R-E-C-U-N. It's Tweety Bird. It's so much fun. It's Twitter, not Tweety Bird. Oh, it's Tweety Bird. But anyway, I, 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 tw- I Twittered about 
this article um, about the CEO of Merrill Lynch, who was um, saying that he should be getting a bonus of $10 million, yes. and the compensation board was resistant. And from what I could tell from the blurb, the CEO did not get it, which really concerned me when, you're, when your company is all about finance and you don't understand why you, maybe you shouldn't get $10 million bonus this year. Well, a lot of people are, are getting $1. A lot of CEOs are saying that we'll take the dollar. And oh, we'll that's all, but that's all fluff and posture well, when, you have, when you have so many options that are worth millions of dollars right off the bat exactly. anyway. But the thing about it is like, okay, if you have a compensation plan that states you will be compensated based upon your performance, I have no problem. Make millions. Make tens of millions a lot because it means that if you bring that company up, you should be making those tens of millions. But a lot of these companies, a lot of these CEOs, like, did what they did to AIG and Merrill Lynch, and they put the company down to deficits, and they're still, they walked away with golden parachutes. And there are people out there who believe these guys should get that. And I'm thinking, wait, they and they call this uh, a free world society and all this other work on capitalism. This isn't capitalism. Capitalism, by the way, is government regulated for people who don't know that capitalism is. Capitalism completely, 100%, is government regulated, okay? What do you mean government regulated? For me, it gets monopolies and that kind of thing? Yeah, I can, okay, think of Enron if you didn't think of regulation and capitalism, okay? And think of AIG. But that was fraud. Right, that's what happens without government. You see, capitalism has to have government to make sure that people don't let power go to their head. Mm-hmm. So, so government has to come in and keep a check and balance on people's behaviors. It's like, you know, they say we should be able to trust these individuals. Well, unfortunately, hundreds of millions of dollars can cause people to do strange things. Like, take, for example, our governor in Chicago. You're talking now. Explain that one. Cause All right. He decides that he wants to sell Obama's senator's seat. Right, and they were trying to. I think at one point he was trying to implicate Jesse Jackson Jr., but I heard today that uh, no, he Jesse he was not involved in that in any kind of way or fashion. But people were trying to point that way towards him. He also wanted his wife to get it, and he wanted to sell it, and he wanted. And he was just basically taking bribes. Now, oh, this is kind of interesting. Hmm. They found out all this stuff through tapping of his phones, et cetera. And I'm thinking when they were tapping his phones and all this, I'm sure that Nixon's looking at this and going, from Homeland Security. Hmm, why didn't I think of that? Oh, it's a stretch. That's a stretch. They were doing that's it. That's a stretch. Okay, okay I've got a question. Did no, I'm not going to politics, but that's a stretch. I'm not getting into politics because Nixon's a Republican. But, right? okay, so. But we're not going to politics, but you've got to get into politics, it. But did Nixon not get busted for uh, tapping? He got phones? busted for sneaking into the Democratic headquarters and, and getting stuff. Tapping bombs. He could have called it Homeland Security. Because oh, that's a stretch. Yeah, I know, but that, guess what? No, you. you, you it's a we'll joke. We'll debate that. We'll discuss that it's after. A joke. It's, yeah, whatever. It was a joke. Anyways, getting back to our main point, back to the mm. auto industry, because we always like use the side track a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm like you. I'm How so? In regards to, I kind of like, um, so, like, why should we go ahead and allow these bozos a bunch, $200 billion worth of our money that we can't even afford ourselves? Which they probably end up putting what? in their own pocket. But, it, but it's not. But you know what? My argument isn't even only about that. You have companies like what Hyundai, Toyota. They're not asking for a bailout. Is it that they're making better cars? Is it that they're managing their stuff better? That's the problem.
problem. That's the point. Okay, you got okay. So is, so is it a thing? It's so Hummer. Is it, so, okay, you got the Hummer, which was oh yeah, GM's favorite car. Oh yeah. And well, you can't sell a Hummer these days. That's Guzzlers that they were making, and all all these huge cars. Well, Toyota wasn't making those. I think the best, uh, biggest that Honda had was R, the Rav Four. Yeah, but I'm, but I'm trying to. Well, the point I'm trying to make is that foreign auto work, foreign auto, foreign car companies. Which are, not, are actually manufactured in America. Go ahead. Are not asking for bailout. No, they're not. So is it that they're making better cars? They're making cars that we were able to afford to buy and actually were also gas for consumers. But that's not the issue. This is the point I'm making. If they're, if they're making better cars or, or least expensive cars that are just as efficient or what have you, how come the other big, the big three, what big three companies went up to, to the hill? It was um, GM. GM, Chrysler, the big three. I can't remember what they were, but, yeah, okay. the big three. So how come if they didn't – if they had their – I'm sure they have smart people on their payroll. How come they didn't see this trend coming and say, okay, we need to do this, that, and the other to stay competitive because um, our competitors are doing good and not us? And it would seem to me that if these three companies You're fall right. – wait, if these three companies fall – wouldn't that be less competition so the other car companies that are still in business can get all their all their customers and keep on rolling? Harriet, you've got some excellent points, and this is why I'm a reluctant supporter of this. But the thing is, there's a big issue that we're missing. What? And that's 2.5 million jobs. If we don't support these bailouts and these companies will crash and burn, that takes 2.5 million jobs, 1.4 from the manufacturing auto industry. The other 1.4, sorry, are not even from the auto industry. Okay. That's it's a, a trickle-down effect. That, and that is, you know what, that is the most valid point of the whole thing. So there's a lot of people. By the way, we'll also end up costing, all those people who are unemployed, will still end up costing our government $200-plus billion still. In what? In terms of unemployment benefits? Unemployment benefits, health issues, uh, um, welfare, you name it. You know, it's going to cost our government money. And then you have all of these people, and the company is going to go crash and burn, and then there's going to be also the fact of Chapter 15s and Chapter 20s and Chapter bankruptcy, whatever so, they well, are. But how are they going to spend the money, though? Because I know the car companies are asking for it, but I'm sure they're going to do put some kind of stipulation on how they can spend the bailout money. I have with that. If our government does give people money, these people money. Or we'll give the companies money. Give that's the companies money, okay? They've got to make sure AIG kind of stuff doesn't happen again, where AIG goes off and spends money on vacations rather than utilizing it in a good way to try to transform. Now, here's what I think. You've got to get rid of the, bo- the boneheads that mismanage the money anyways. That's number one, and the government should have people. Well, it's not, the company should do that, not the government. No, because you can't trust those people. Because first off, so wait a minute, so the government should come in and tell people how to run their business. That's well, dangerous. Yeah, they obviously can't. And they'll, hey, when you, oh, by the way, we own it now. It becomes a socialistic company because we own the company. You, I own that company, not them. See, here's the issue. We. Wait a minute, wait a minute. How do you say it becomes a socialist company if we own because it? Because we, the people, bailed it out. See, it's my taxpayers' money and your money that bails it out. So we, the people, own that company now. That's not. That's not the angle they're going that's at when they ask for the money. In real life, okay? That's, but it's not. That's not how it's being spun. That's not how it would be. That's spun. how it's not being spun. But that's how it is, and that's one of the reasons. I actually, but you can't go in as a taxpayer and say I own. I own this company now. I think that. 
What's his name? Did not, the Republicans did not support the first initial bailout. Not going political, but that's why they kept calling uh, it a socialistic bailout. That's the reason it's called the socialist bailout, because we the people end up owning the company for that time Is this being. the first time we've bailed out a company, an uh, auto industry? No, this is not the first. Not pretty, the what's the first major bailout we did? Was savings and loans? Any savings and loans. Anything that we, the people, are using tax dollars for, then that becomes our money that's utilized. And so that means we're bailing out. We're paying for that. Until that company pays us back, we manage that company. We have say, or should have say, on how that company is managed. Now, those bonus. Now, that, now, that won't happen. And that, unfortunately, is not how it works in other end company, I mean, countries. And that's where you find – that's where – it's kind of like a union. People don't recognize when you go a socialist aspect. It's kind of like a union. A union, the people run to help basically own the company. Okay? It's kind of like the company. You're thinking of a co-op. It's like a co-op, basically. And the thing is, here it is, is that you didn't ask for, you know, these companies to go up belly up. And you didn't ask for these companies to put these CEOs in at these exorbitant salaries, which, by the way, no other country in the world has CEOs, even one-third, has salary paid as high as we do. Okay? That, that's not a bad thing. Really? If, if a company, if somebody, whoever, wait, whoever earns the most Have you seen our season. economy recently? I have seen our economy exactly. recently. But, but my, what I'm saying is I'm not going to penalize a, a, uh, an executive for making the salary he makes me, if he genuinely earns it. Work. Say what? You, put, you pay by performance. Pay by performance works. You screw up. Well, that's that's what the whole bonus thing at the end of the year is, pay for performance. No, it's not. But when you pay How's them not? $200 million and then you walk, and they screw up, and then you still give them another $100 million, which is called the, the golden parachute, even though they screw up, that is there, my dear, is not pay for performance. No, that was shrewd, shrewd um, salary negotiation on that the front end. one of these CEOs have been getting. That's why all these companies are going downhill, and these guys don't give a shit. Let's just go. No, let's call it as it is. Let's look at the financial market. Go ahead, make a lot of money, Teddy. Go ahead and Johnny sell. Janie, did you make those numbers? You better get those numbers. And we need. I don't care if you screw the man over. We don't care if you go ahead and give a person who doesn't have, deserve to have that house payment. We don't care if you go ahead and give him a loan. So let me ask you this: What should a CEO make? A CEO should be making based upon his performance, and I think Costco and a few other companies were able to prove to do well on this. They said, look, by the way, these guys do extremely well. Okay, they do. I mean, I, got, I had a list of companies about this who do pay based upon how they do for the company. If the company makes this amount of earnings, it's just like how salespeople do, they get much higher bonuses, and so that gives them an incentive to work hard. But you know what? If you don't pay... Um Whatever the market rate is, or a little bit higher, or at least competitive, then you're not going to get the, you're not going to be able to hire well, the person that you want. I, somebody I don't really appreciate says all the time, but that's some stinking. Well, that is true. Oh, if if, it, if you want, you look at it from you look at you look at it from a wonderful CEOs, and they don't haven't they haven't ever done this. You look at uh, all those golden handcuffs. See, that's called golden handcuffs. <sighs> See, if I pay you $100,000 to work in my company, and even though you do a bra- crappy job, and I want to keep you there, even because you're going to stay no matter what. Even now, see, that, that's part of that's part of the, the recruiting process. 
as part of the recruiting process and negotiating the salary and making sure that you're hiring the right person. And and when you and when you're going to hire the right person, it's because you've done some due diligence. You looked at their their, their history. Allowing recruiters to negotiate the salary. Oh, that's not just recruiters. That that's not no. That's not just recruiters. That could be whoever's in HR. That could be whoever's in compensation. So that is dumb. Who set the salary advance? Great recruiters to go ahead and get better better um, bonuses on their commissions. Okay. Sorry. I mean, look. There is no other country has ever taught, you know created that issue as regards to salaries. Here's another issue though: mm. salaries weren't that high. You believe they were, but salaries weren't. The salaries only were high for CEOs. Actually, for the average blow, okay, salaries actually regressed three times. I'm sorry, eight times in the past nine years. Regressed. They went backwards. So you're saying, so you're saying, wait, wait, so you're saying the average working guy's salary went down, whereas the uh, executive salaries went up? Oh heck yeah! Okay, let me tell you. Uh, I think it was like ten times the average person the mm-hmm. CEO is making. But think about this: interest rate and in all of your, um, what's the word I'm looking for? With uh, the cost of living, what do you call it? The our cost of living. Cost of living index. For the, right, that cost of living. Like for example, let's take our interest rates for your house. Your house's payments went up 2,000% in the last 20 years. Mm. Okay? Cars went up, what, 15, 20%? More or less. All right. Bread in itself went up over 50%. Bread? I think it was 120%. Okay? I know bread went up, but I don't do My wife does the shopping on that part. All these things went up, but but our actual income in the last 20 years only went up like 2%. So in, in reality, your wages... We're always supposed to go up more and more, but every time inflation goes up, our wages were supposed to go up increasingly. But problem is, 20 years ago, they got rid nationally, okay, nationally, not per state, but we got rid of minimum wages increases. Minimum wage increased. Minimum wage increased nationally only the first time in 20 years this year. Now, that's a whole debatable issue there. Does raising up minimum wage actually help? Here's the word. Hold on. Does raising minimum wage help the American worker or hurt the American worker? Mel, here's, again, proof in the pudding. We've been in a recession legally, and this is now they have claimed it, that at least for the past year, Karen Madden was right, we've been in a recession. Okay? And that, yes, unemployment numbers were inaccurate. We've been hurting for over a past year. This has been announced by our federal government. Do you feel good saying that? Okay, now. I, Do you feel good saying that? And I have now, yes, I've been saying that. Yes, I've you, even been hold on, let me, let me just, just for your own ego's sake. Karen has been saying that we've been in a recession for the past year, long before it hit the news. Two years. Two. Thank you. Two years. Long before it hit the news. She saw it. She predicted it. Oh, remember what something wrote about little, you kind of uh, idiots, basically? Yeah, I remember. Oh, yeah, okay. But anyway, I mean, that was pretty insulting. I still have the link somewhere that's just remember that. Yeah. I'm actually calling a name here because it was rather insulting what was said about me. That's right, because we don't call names out here in the land. We don't do that, but that was really – that person is not the first time they've actually tried to insult me online, so I'm kind of calling them out a little bit for – you know, because they just did it, try to do it recently again. But anyways, um, to get off the political path. Mm. Okay, the thing is, is that I, you know, we've been in this recession from well over, actually going by some of what epi.org, 
and a few of the other leading economist sites have been saying, we pretty much have been hurting in regards to unemployment and wages for the past six to seven years. Now, I've been saying, hey, look, guys, long-term unemployment numbers have been reaching record highs for a long time. At least I know for a fact that since 2003, we've been there. Okay, and those have been, I mean, it, like I used to say, there was not a war for talent. That even if you were to take away all the job, all the people, had all the baby boomers retire right now, we still wouldn't have had enough jobs to support the people that needed to work. Now, people kept saying about how we have lack of education. And I'm like, guys, listen, man, we got more educated people than we have baby boomers. And right now, Generation Y. Outnumber, and if you combine Generation Y and Generation X, we outnumber baby boomers tremendously. But yet today, I was just reading some statistics that were going back to October, mm. and they said that for every job, there's three people for every job right now. They out, so for every because so many people out of work, yeah. Side outnumbered the jobs by three to one. Right. And that's okay. So going back to the reality, this is reality. We could keep our head in the sand and say we don't want to hear these news, or we could say we could have prevented this a long time ago if we've been aware. Okay, so we're at the point now where you can't prevent it. So what do you suggest going well, forward? Well, one thing we got a reality is you can call it capitalism or not, but you got to look at reality. Reality is is that we must continue to maintain an equality in our in our country, where. Okay, if I'm going to raise the pay for the guy at top, you got to raise the guy for the person in the middle, and you got to raise it for the guy at the bottom. What if the guy in the middle and the bottom aren't doing the job? Well, the fact that it comes back, you can't say that everybody in the middle is not doing the I'm job. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying if if uh, the guy in the what well, if the guy at the bottom is doing the job, but the guy at the top is not doing the job. Well, the thing about it is, if the guy is at the top not doing the job, then he doesn't get paid just like the guy at the bottom. So, so I mean, so is your approach? Wait, 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 wait. Is your approach based on merit, or is your approach based it's on, on sharing the wealth? I'm talking about merit. It's not about you can't share the wealth unless people are there earning their. You have to okay, to share the wealth. You have to earn the wealth. You can't just go ahead and say I deserve the wealth. Just give me, give me, give me. You got to like the saying goes. You got to feed the man to fish, then just give him the fish. Okay, you gotta earn it. Now we've been giving the guy at the top money when he didn't deserve it for so long, and then and yet he did, and he didn't give the guy down the bottom money. Okay, I remember the analogy was best said this way: if you water the tree from the top and only the top, with the hope that it's going to go down, unfortunately the tree roots and the branches are low; they don't get fed. But if you water the tree from the bottom and it will go up and that tree top is going to flourish and everything's going to flourish and that, that, that stem is going to be solid. Well, prior to the last 20 years, prior when we, we saw a very solid economy. Right. And it was a true economy. It wasn't where we were pretending to create a good economy from the last five years like what we were doing. I well, we can't really say it. pretending because a lot of people just didn't know. No, it was a real-life wet dream. No, you, you, I, that's a stretch. That's a stretch because even when people were talking about recession prior to, everyone was looking at certain numbers. But as you were pointing out, or, well, as you were pointing out earlier when you first started um, talking about this, you were quoting. We were talking about numbers that we saw from the Department of Labor, and then you started quoting no, other really? stuff from EPI. So from Economic Policy Institute dot org for people who don't know EPI dot org. Um, 
What is the think tank that monitors economic numbers? And stuff by the like way, the that. government even was acknowledging them, but they were not recognizing them. So how can you acknowledge and not recognize at the same time? Because okay, they knew those numbers were there, and they actually believed that the stuff that they they actually will refer to the epis quite a few times, but they were still not recognizing by saying that those numbers. So they wouldn't quote the numbers, but they did know the numbers were there. And they knew why. But the government basically was giving us three. They would say that unemployment was 3.4%, when in reality they weren't counting the people who were not no longer collecting unemployment. And then they had a new name for them. They, instead of calling them the long-term unemployed, they call them the discouraged worker now, saying, hey, they weren't really work looking for a job anymore, that they were discouraged about work looking for a job. And let me tell you something. I talked to those people as recruiters. And I can tell you, if they got a job that could allow them to keep their house and keep their family happy and together, I could guarantee you they wouldn't have been discouraged to take them. Well, let me ask you this. What about this person who is, um, who is in middle management? Say he's a middle management, and he couldn't find any work. So the only opportunities he had, foreseeably, were, was working at Walmart. Yeah. Now I know. Now I know a lot of people yeah. who, who would not take that job because they felt that that job was beneath them. No, that was in the beginning. That was true. There was a lot of there was people, a whole bunch of people who wouldn't do that because they were making one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I understand that, but I understand that, but also understand about feeding the family. I don't know if you got a bills that are one hundred and eighty thousand, mm-hmm. and you got a, and your salary was one hundred and fifty, and somebody's offering you a job to do fifty thousand. You were going to say, let me hold out till I could get the job for what I'm qualified for, which is what most people were doing, until a year came by and another year passed, and then they go, I would take that $50,000 job if I could get it today. I wish I had not thought I was going to have to wait this long because, hey, guess what? They kept telling me the economy was good. They kept telling me the war was for talent. They kept telling me there's all this other stuff, and I kept believing Who was the day? Every time people say they, them, who there was no them? preaching out there. There's a war for talent, and all these baby boomers are going to retire, and there's going to be this mass exodus. They weren't preaching that. Are you speaking of the so-called experts you mentioned in an earlier podcast? <laughs> yeah, well, not just them. It's any of the experts who were preaching that crap. Hmm. I mean, there was we kept hearing that stuff. It was being drilled down of us, and that's why I was called the idiot. You know, because how dare I? And I wasn't me. Believe me, I don't take credit for this. I just read the information and said, you know, looking at history, looking at 80s, looking at the 70s, looking at the 30s, history repeats itself, and we're doing that. Exactly what happened in the 30s. That, so let me ask you this. If history repeats itself, and it, and it does every other decade, it. it's about every decade it seems to happen. Yeah, you know, actually it was. It does happen every decade. Do you know that what happened in the 30s is exactly replica of what happened today? So what happened the, today happened in in um, right at the turn of the of the decade. It also happened during the eighties. Hold on. Before second. that crash happened, and then back it happened in the seventies. Thirties, the Great Depression, the crash started because of the financial market. Right. It was a finan- the financial market caused the exodus, and then it caused the stock market. Um, there was it broke in two cycles. It was in twenty nine, and then it was in thirty four. The, okay, so what happened here is like people say, you saw the stock market crash, then there was a pause, and then the big depression came in the 30s. Right. That's what's going to happen here. Which was pushed on after the World War and all this stuff. Yeah. See, the thing is, it's like, and did you know when Social Security came about? Social Security. Under FDR. Was FDR. Was FDR or Teddy? No, it was, see, it was FDR. It came about in the Great Depression. 
and it came about to save people's jobs. For, yes, America is a social state. No, it's not. Don't even say that. It's social security. Oh. Well, you don't take, you don't. Don't say security. socialist. It's not a socialist state. That makes socialism. That's socialism, my friend. Uh. I sorry. That's a socialist. You do you go to the library? Do you or do you not? Whatever. You not Whatever. 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 Because when you say socialism, you, you talk, you, you know, bring in communism and, and you tell how great that word. Socialism. Communism is communism. Yeah. Socialism is not communism. Socialism is not Marxism. Okay, that's totally different. Socialism is what England's government is, what Germany and Austria and Australia and New Zealand is what all of the countries in the world pretty much are. We're not uh, the only country that doesn't do it. Those are social countries. They're not believing in communism. They don't do Heil Hitler. They're not Germany. I mean, they're not like Russia or China or Cuba. Just trying to make a comeback. Have you been watching Russia lately? Yeah, well, whatever. No, this mean, not a, to America okay. right now. This all, right, all, right, all right, but just, just we'll get back to it when we get off this okay. podcast. We want to finish this up too. Yeah, finish up, finish up. I bring it Russia later. Bring I want to have bring up CEOs for a minute. Yeah, because we got really off topic America. here. Was, we're the only country. Where an individual could ask Wait a minute, are we still on politics or are we back on the recruiting? See, we're going back to, we're going back to, to these guys. Okay, back to the recruiting because this is a recruiting show. And, and we're almost out of time. Back to CEOs and the car companies, okay? Our, our country is the only country where a person could perform poorly and make hundreds of millions of dollars. Well, but yet, when you're at the lower level making only twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 a year, you perform badly, you're out in your butt. Immediately. That's the problem with that. And What's the problem with that? So what, what do you feel is, is the answer? A more communal state? Back to, again, you want, a man works really hard, okay, when he is being rewarded. When he's given praise, money, attaboys, appreciation, it goes back to Maslow's hierarchy. You have to have the ability to have meet certain criteria of appreciation, Love, self-worth, et cetera, to get that core. And you know where, and I can somewhat understand where you're coming from with that, but you know what, how my thinking is around that? Mm. If I'm working hard and I'm not appreciated, I'll go somewhere else or I'll start my own business. Yeah, guess what? Today, you can't do either. Hey, Microsoft and, oh, a- Microsoft and Apple, Microsoft and Apple were both started during recession. Yeah. And look at them today. Yeah, what but, recession was this? Because I mean, I know Microsoft also lost three hundred eighty-five million in one of them too. They but they're still, but they're still here. The thing is, great businesses can start here because of businesses were started in the in the, during the Great Depression. Paying himself five hundred million dollars—that's the point. He worked his heart as his butt off to make his, or he paid was paid by performance. That's what, another point again. But yet there was other companies that didn't make it through that time frame. Yahoo did because paid by performance. But if I remember, there was a Tripod that didn't make it, or was it not Tripod? Who was it that didn't? Lycos, one of those? Are you talking about, no, you're talking about, um, oh, was it Angel Fire? No, Angel, Angel, no, Angel Fire got bought by Lycos. And Lycos had a problem, too. They kind of pretty much almost got deserted that time frame. They barely, they barely held on. Wait, they, they, wait a minute. Are, are you confused? You're confusing me. They, they, they did not come about during the time Apple and Microsoft were 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 just being uh, created around their founding. And, um, a whole bunch. You're of talking things. about two different time periods. 
There was back in the 90s, um, the late 90s, early 2000s, when they all kind of pretty much crashed and burned. If you were in IT, you pretty much were crashing and burning. Mm. Yeah, I mean. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We're out of time. Okay. We're out of time. So okay. we'll continue this um, offline. I know people listening will be like, I'm so glad this is over. Or, <laughs> or I wish I could listen. If you want to um, contact either Karen or myself, feel free to drop us an email. You can reach Karen at therecruiterslounge.com. Or you can reach, of course, me, Jim Stroud at jimstroud.com or jim at com. Either way, they both come to me. So, as <laughs> always... You monitor, too. It, and what? You monitor, too. I monitor? Uh-huh. What do you mean? I might get a... <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I'm joking, Whatever. guys. He doesn't. All right. You know, it's sort of funny. It, I'm on the end of, end of this note. Sometimes people wonder if we're putting on... No, this is how we actually are. We argue and, and banter like little siblings in the backseat of a car. Oh, no. God. Oh, God, no. We no, actually no. attempt to think of what we're going to say when we, you know, he'll come to the table with a couple of topics and I might, and then I just say, just take one and we'll start with that, and it goes all over the map. And only because we're going daily now, we're not, I'm not letting this go on and on and on and on and on. Today was so, a little bit extreme, though. We, you, we really do try to cut it at 20 minutes. But he's not watching the clock today. Uh, <laughs> not have a time. Me? You had a timer and you said, let's stop. We did. Okay, whatever. It's not my fault this time. Yeah, well, whatever. When you say let's stop now, I'm stopping. Well, okay. Let's say bye-bye. We'll continue this. Bye. Bye. Well, that's it for this show. You've been a wonderful audience. If you like what you heard, love what you heard, or (laughs) just plain hate what you just heard, uh, let me know. Your feedback matters. You can reach me through my website at jimstroud.com slash podcast. That's J-I-M-S-T-R-O-U-D dot com slash podcast. So until next time, I'm Jim Stroud and you know. Radio, radio, radio Innovative audio on demand. And so this ends this edition of the Retro Lounge, home of classic episodes of the Recruiter's Lounge podcast. If you haven't already, uh, subscribe now so you don't miss a future episode. Okay, cool. Until next time, bye-bye. Ever heard of stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of stoicism with a lowercase s and not stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is Stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis, to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching Stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it.